Ephesians chapter number 6, verse 12. King James Version says, <clears throat> For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. The grass will the flower fade away. The word of the Lord shall stand forever. Yes, Amen. Yes, Thank you, ushers. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. As we continue our journey this morning, uh, we are now at the sixth number of this series. There's nobody like a Christian, part six. And what we're going to focus on today is the Christian and his enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few Sundays ago, we talked about the benefits of the Christian. Last Sunday, we talked about the responsibilities of the Christian. Yeah, yeah. But today, my brothers and sisters, I need to remind you that as a Christian, you do have an enemy. For the Bible does declare, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, in high places. Yes, sir. I don't know about you, my brothers and sisters, but there's a lot going on in that one verse right there. Listen to what he says to us as he began to tell us what we don't do and what we do do. He says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we do have problems with Number one, principalities. That's an issue. He also says we do have problems with powers. He says we also have uh, issues with the ruler of darkness of this world. He also says we have problems with spiritual wickedness in high places. So my brothers and sisters, that's a problem. And sometimes it's hard enough to get along with one problem. But how do you survive when you're dealing with four problems? And, and my brothers and sisters, as we, we look at this, he, he had given us some instructions in verse number 10 and verse number 11. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In verse 11, he tells us to put on the whole armor of God so that we can be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles is plural, which means that he's not just going to come at you one way or one time. You may go through your season when it seems like nothing is going on, when the sun is shining and the birds are singing and everything seems to be fine. That's just a season. But there also will come a season when all hell will break loose in your life and you don't know which way to turn. It seems like the sky is falling down and everything. 
everything is crashing in and the flood is rising and it seems like you can't catch a break because there are some wows of the devil. It seems like every day you're doing the right thing, even though that you're coming to church, even though you're praying every night, you're reading your Bible, you're studying, and you're going to Bible study, you're coming to prayer meeting, you're coming to Sunday school, you're paying your tithes, you're singing in the choir, you're on the deacon board, you're, you're the fin uh, finance chairman and everything, but still it seems like you can't get ahead. Yeah. That's the wilds of the devil. Brothers and sisters, we look at this, it would only seem reasonable that when a person is just honest, moral, decent, kind, compassionate, and responsible, that they wouldn't have him. But that's not the case. Especially when you are a Christian. Sometimes it would appear as though that there are more enemies than there are friends. Everywhere one may look and imagine there are forces and powers that are endeavoring to ruin and destroy the Christian testimony. They're trying to destroy your peace of mind, your integrity, your morality, your character, your reputation, as well as your faith in God. Isn't it strange, my brothers and sisters, that the more you try to do right, I ain't even got to finish that sentence. It seems the more that you try to become faithful, it seems like the harder it is. The, the, the more you try to be kind, it seems like it's always somebody that's just pushing the right button. The, the more that you try to love folk, it just seems like there's always something. The more you try to put things in the rear view mirror. Somebody's always bringing that up. Uh, but, my brothers and sisters, it's, it's relatively easy for a sinner to float downstream with the current and flow of life. But when it comes to a Christian, there is a complete change of direction, an absolute reversal that takes place and going upstream becomes more difficult. You see, because a Christian doesn't just go with the flow. You're fighting against the current and it's harder to swim upstream than it is to just float downstream. And there are prevailing pressures and mounting obstacles and growing oppositions and dangerous debris that is often, if not continually, encountered. Some have referred to this daily routine of experience difficult as the battle of life. In this battle, if I can break it down a little bit, and I won't be before you long on this fourth Sunday in November, this battle is the pride wars against humility, the anxiety fights against assurance, and the evil engages against good and the wrong combats against right and the failure struggles against success and the hatred wrestles against love. These are some of the debris that you face as you're swimming upstream. And as long as one continues to serve Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the battle continues. Yes, sir. In this battle, yes, sir. 
Quantity crusades against quality and grief clashes against joy and darkness skirmishes against light and gloom dooms against glory and cruelty scuffles against kindness and hypocrisy campaigns against reality and flesh conflicts against the spirit. These are things that you deal with when you are a Christian. There are times when it would appear that this battle subsides. As I told you, you go through seasons. But more often than not, it rages. And sometimes, my brothers and sisters, it get hot and fierce. A Christian will soon discover that within his personal life, pain cries against comfort. Are y'all praying with me this morning? In your personal life, greed strains against generosity. Shame revolts against modesty. Deceit tolls against honesty, and feelings compete against faith. For the Christian, as long as there's breath in your lungs and a beat within your heart, the battle will continue. Why? Because there is an enemy. An enemy after enemy will assail those who are devoted and committed. Christian must understand that time and time again, sickness will rally against health and falsehood will stand against truth and fear will engage against confidence and despair will work against hope and death will rebel against life. But the Christian also needs to know that victory has already been won. Although, Reverend Percy, there may be some who would want to hurt or even harm us for no sane or legal reason. There are some who even endeavor to abuse or misuse us for selfish or personal pleasures. Uh, there are some that like to burn and blaspheme us just to please their sinful quotients. And there are some who love to confuse or accuse us even though it be under false pretensions. Yeah. Yet we as Christians must understand that all of these are but instruments and tools within the grasp of the great mastermind of all wickedness and ungodliness, the devil himself. Uh -huh. Question is, do we allow this devil, this, this demon, this force of evil to allow us to stop loving one another? Satan is the chief administrator or administrator of all evil. Yes, sir. And he will stop at nothing in order to execute his vile schemes and his vicious methods against God's kingdom. That's right. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, Satan is sincere and determined to achieve his devilish goal. Therefore, he's out to degrade the promise of God to delay the harvest of God, to denounce the blessings of God, to destroy the worship of God, to deprive the family of God, to defile the church of God, and to devour the servants of God. Day after day, year after year, generation after generation, Satan remains persistent to do what he can as well as everything he can to deride the miracles of God. And here's the thing, Digging Dave, he just doesn't quit. That's right. He won't quit. That's right. He, he, his energy seems to be endless. All right. That's right. 
His schemes seem to be constantly increasing in magnitude. That's right. All right. All right. And his thirst for devilry seems to be unquenchable. With every turn of the clock, he is out to desecrate the house of God. He's out to deface the image of God. He's out to deny the truth of God. And if he could, he would try to devastate the power of God. You see, the devil has but one person. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's not confused with his job. See, but the Christian must always be careful and cautious. For Satan comes in many various personages. He assumes traits and characteristics that speak of each. Can I give you some? He comes as a liar. He'll deceive you. He comes as an accuser. He'll condemn you. He comes as an enemy. He'll hate you. He comes as a thief. He'll rob you. He comes as a spoiler. He'll defile you. He comes as a tyrant. He'll control you. He comes as a tempter. He will entice you. And my brothers and sisters, the one that he used a lot is the tempter because he entices us with the pleasure of this world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Yes, my brothers and sisters, we got to be alert to the devil. Got to be alert to his methods as well, my brothers and sisters, because uh, his presence, it says he comes as a serpent. He'll charm you. He comes as an adversary. He'll oppose you. But he also comes as a warrior. Brother Clark, he'll fight you. He comes as a procrastinator. He'll hinder you. He comes as a murderer. He will destroy you. But also, he comes, uh, brother, uh, but, but, brother Franklin, as an imposter, an imposter, he will provoke you. Yeah. And he comes, yeah. brother, brother, brother Tim, as a guide, he will mislead you. Yeah. And, and so, this is not a game to Satan, it's his business. He goes about his business in the best way, and he takes his business and he tries to make his business your business. Oh, my, my brothers and sisters got to watch him because he's crafty. Yeah. And, and, and when he takes his business and make it your business, you'll start saying, mind your business. But, but the, the truth of the matter is now you're doing the business of him because he is so crafty. And look what he does. He becomes a trapper and he ensnares us. He, he becomes a teacher and he brainwashes you. He becomes a philosopher and he'll persuade you. He becomes a cheat and he'll betray you. He becomes a promoter and he will stimulate and excite you to accept his proposition. You got to watch it because this Satan, my brothers and sisters, he is crafty. Each temptation, Satan wears a different face. I said he wears a different face. Brother Norman, as a vulture, he'll consume you. As a clown, he'll entertain you. As a beggar, he'll bribe you. As a counselor, he'll discourage you. 
got an enemy. Don't fool yourself. Don't think that because you're nice, because you're cute and cuddly, because you smile, you think you don't have an enemy. You have an enemy. My brothers and sisters, with patience and fortitude, I'm almost done this morning. Satan plans his evil work and then work his plan. He never sidesteps his main objective, which is to dissolve every marriage, frustrate every soul, plague every preacher, destroy every church, tempt every believer, and control every action. If one scheme fails, he tries another one. If one plan is unsuccessful, he initiates another one. If one method is defeated, he resorts to another one. He does not allow defeat nor failure to stop his satanic endeavors. He insistently pursues his goal. I want you to think about it, my brothers and sisters, as Paul is telling the church at Ephesus, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So, Sister why did he say be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? Because Paul knew what it was like to be deceived by the devil himself. Paul knew from experience that our flesh was weak. Paul knew that without the power of God, he was no match for the devil. That's right, that's right. I want to tell you, my brothers and sisters, no matter how strong you think you are, yeah. how saved and sanctified you think you are, without the power of the Holy Spirit, that's right, that's right. you are no match for the devil. Can I give you a story? The prodigal son. Y'all know the story. Prodigal son grew up in a Christian household. Had everything that he needed. Everything was right there at his back and car. But the problem was that he was enticed. He was tempted. He was lured away by the schemes of the devil. That's right. And so Satan, in his craftiness, told this young man to take from his father yeah. his inheritance and live on his own. Yeah. Yes, and so Satan offered him robes, yeah. but in the end he got ready. Satan offered him freedom, but in the end, he got bondage. Satan offered him a good time, but in the end, he had misery. Satan offered him a feast, but y'all remember, 
Remember, he ended up in famine. Satan offered him the bright lights, but he ended up in darkness. Satan gave him plenty, but he ended up in poverty. But you see, that's what Satan does. He makes it look good. He makes it look attractive. He tells you how it's going to be. But when you get to reality, it's not what they said it was going to be. Because right. anybody in here that would be honest with me and testify that you thought something was going to be one way. Yes, sir. But when the truth actually unfolded, it really wasn't what you thought it was going to be. And had you did a, did a do-over, you wouldn't have done some of the stuff that you've done because you realized that the devil had taken you to a far country. Oh, my brothers and sisters. Yes, he, he, he offers us stuff. Why? Because you're wrestling against powers, principalities. You're getting uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. The ruler of darkness of this world. Well, which one is that, my brothers and sisters? It's the one that we've all learned about. It's that three-letter word that none of us can stand. The number one enemy that the Christian has is spelled S-I-N. Are you praying with me? Um, sin is the biggest enemy that all Christians face. For the Bible does declare that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. My brothers and sisters, whether you want to admit it or not, we all face sin. And sin, which is closely related to Satan, for it is a specialized product. Sin lurks behind every door and corner. That's right. That's right. Sin hides around every bush and business. Yeah, yeah. Sin sneaks through every palace and every place. Yeah, yeah. Sin masquerades near every action and activity. Sin rushes down every road and pathway. Sin presumes upon every circumstance and opportunity. I said sin deceives multitudes every hour of every day. Um, sin um, has destroyed the godliness of men. And sin has ruined the virtues of women. Sin has misguided the lives of you. Sin has built the coffins of death. Sin has grieved the hearts of humanity. Sin has poisoned the fountains of pleasure. Sin has corrupted the paths of society. Sin has troubled the waters of affliction. 
Sin has disgraced the unity of family. Sin has shamed the face of beauty. Sin has polluted the streams of morality. And sin has degraded the meaning of love. Because sin is a dangerous thing. Sin has defiled the hands of the innocents. Sin has profaned the lips of honesty. Sin has wrecked the homes of purity. Sin has spoiled the beauties of nature. Sin has opposed the sacredness of truth. Sin has wearied the feet of the traveler. Sin has caused heartache and separation. Sin has frustrated the efforts of parents. I wish I had a little help up in here. Sin has slaughtered the hopes of millions who fallen prey to manipulation. I tell you that sin is something that you don't want to play with because one sin enters into your life. It's something that you gotta deal with. Am I right about it? Because the enemy wants to trap you with sin. But I'm so glad that because I am a Christian, I have something that can remedy the problem of sin. You see, because the enemy is trying to take me out, but the Bible declares if I put on the whole armor of God, I can stand against the wiles of the devil. And I'm so glad this morning that even though I got an enemy, the Lord has already told me how to handle my enemy. And I want to tell you something, my brothers and sisters. In order for you to win your fight, you got to know who you're fighting against. Too many times we've lost the battle because we didn't know who opponent was. But this time, the Lord has told me who my enemy is. And he told me that my enemy don't fight fair. Do I have a witness in here? So, because my enemy don't fight fair, I won't fight fair either. Do I have a witness? Because my enemy will be trying to hit me from every side. I told you he hit you from four sides. He hit you with principality. He hit you with power. He hit you with the ruler of darkness. And he hit you with spiritual wickedness. Well, I'm so glad that he hit me from four sides because I serve a God that takes care of me on four sides. I got a God that's in front of me. I got a God that's behind me. I got a God that's on my right. I got a God that's on my left. All around me, the Bible says, and he keeps a head around me. And if that's not enough, he told me, got some help by the name of angels. And the songwriter says, all day and all night, the angels are watching over me. But I thank God that I don't just have angels. He 
your windows. Let them come outside and say thank you. Tell them thank you. If it had not been for you, ain't know me like you did. I wouldn't have went down in prayer. If it had not been for you, treat me the way you did. I would have never got the blessing that I have right now. You ought to go and find your enemies. Look them in the eye and look them in the face. Give them a big smile and say thank you. If it had not been for you that done what you did, I would have never got close to the Lord. You made it for evil, but the Lord turned it around. I need somebody to shout, turn it around. How many of you know that the Lord can turn it around for your good? Because you got an enemy. I want to leave you with this. You're in good company. Because Jesus, he had enemies. And his enemies didn't know what they were doing. But his enemies got a salvation. What do you mean? His enemies got a salvation for you and me. Because it was his enemies that put a cross upon his shoulder. It was his enemies that pierced his hand. It was his enemies that nailed his feet. It was his enemies that put a crown of thorns upon his head. It was his enemies that hung him high and stretched him wide. But it was his love that said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Y'all know what happened. He died. Didn't he die? Laid him down in a borrowed tomb and told him back to you on three days and early I mean no it was early early Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hand and that's why I love being a Christian because even though my enemy tried to take me out because they couldn't do it to my elder brother
against the rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. 